Greetings. Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening to us this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. This is the biggest way that podcasts grow. If you've not yet given us a five-star rating and a positive review, please pause this recording and do that now. I'm Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother, Chris, an expectant priest. Happy Advent, Chris. Uh, Happy Advent to you. Uh, Let's make it clear that expectant does not mean that my wife is expecting. Um, It merely means expecting. I said expectant. It merely means that I am, yes, um, observing Advent. Do we celebrate Advent or do we observe it? Um, I would say. I would say observe. I would say observe. Observing not... Advent. As are you, Kirk. You, your hair is longer <laughs> than it's been for a long time. Your beard is growing out. Uh, you are looking fairly John the Baptist-ish. I'm basically a Nazarite at this point. You're, you're, um, yeah. No, no razor has touched your head. You, um, you, you are following the Nazarite vow. Um. Locust. Uh, as honey. my wife, as my wife would say, you're you're looking like you want to rub up against trees. <laughs> that's which, that's a little treat for our listeners head. that will make sense. And that's the important one. thing. <laughs> her point is that you look like a wild man with the wild flowing hair, flowing locks, looking very uh, But prophetic. you balance you balance that out with the cardigan. So yes, that's yeah. right. A cardigan yeah. can civilize just about any man. A good cardigan. Yeah, and we, Kirk, I was very excited to record last week, but you know, it was Thanksgiving, and we were both hosting family, and so uh, we just didn't find the time to do that. But uh, so we didn't get to kick off Advent with, um, mm. uh, w- with a podcast. You know, uh, you know, the first Sunday of Advent, yes, is 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 fantastic. Um, it really sets the tone for the season, and yeah, we're. Uh, I'm just excited to talk Advent. It's it's my favorite season of the year, even, oh. even though like we are Easter people. It's my favorite season of the of the, of the church year. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk um, let's talk Turkey Day. Um, <laughs> I, I trust you had a turkey bowl. Um. Uh, did we have a turkey bowl? No, no. Uh, every family is different. To paraphrase Tolstoy. Anna Karenina. Uh every family is different, and um, uh, there it's hard summoning a uh, a critical mass, a quorum of footballers, and my in laws. Um, so um, while the turkey was being um, deep fried uh, Thursday afternoon, I was throwing routes to my to my sons. So that was our turkey bowl. Right. But Daphne, I, did she get in on the, on that action? 
so Daphne, for this to make sense to the listener, they have to understand like the age difference. So my sporty boys are 11 and 13. And so like I can, when we, when we play football in the backyard, it's, it's pretty cool now. Like I can throw passes, like I can put some zip on it, putting them in tight windows and expect them to catch it. Sure. Sure. And if they drop it, you know, they have to do 30 pushups. And... It's funny that you say that you're, oh, you said sporty sons. I was going to say, it's funny <laughs> that you say your sons are 11 and 13. You're, you know, skipping the eldest, but my sport, sporty I sons. would never, I hear, I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, but Daphne is, is six. And so that's a, that's a big gap. Um, and so, you know, you probably remember this as like the youngest, the youngest, a, not the youngest, a, a younger cousin, uh, particularly on her mom's side at family gatherings, there'd be time where like everyone would wink, wink, nod, nod. There'd be a handoff to you and everyone Keystone cop style would like fall over as you somehow yep. like scored on yep. a 30 yard touchdown run. Right. That's what's happening. That's where there. she, that's yeah. where she is now. Yeah. yeah Cause and she's, she's athletic, but like that's more like <laughs> nerf kind of pitch and catch, <laughs> right. not like go long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As I break her nose. Right. Right. <laughs> that was a post route. I'm trying to get it in there before the safety gets to you. What did you expect, Daphne? <laughs> it was a cover Wipe two. The There's a gap between the safeties. <laughs> I got to zip it in there. <laughs> That's right. Wipe that blood off your face. And um, I've got, I've got cord cutting issues. Where I'm like kind of stuck in in purgatory between something that's illegal and not quite working, and um, like good high quality like cable. So um, with my father on Thursday night, huddling over an iPhone, <laughs> we watched the second half of the uh, the Vikings Patriots. Because what you had continued. to do is, did you sign up for like a trial for NFL Plus NFL or something? Plus, yeah. Yep. Which but, for some reason won't play. It's it won't let me play it on the Apple TV on the big screen. That's but on that's, the app on my iPhone. But and of course it can tell when I'm trying to airplay. So it's like why couldn't no, you watch no, it on no. a on a Gives laptop? Me the Dikembe Mutombo. What's that? Why aren't why couldn't you watch on a laptop? Uh same thing. It must have been the app or the VPN I was using. I I don't know. I don't know. It's like too many hoops to jump through. It's gotta be it's got to be a better way. So, listener, I p- picture Kirk and his father huddling over a, an iPhone, <laughs> trying to watch with, the Vikings with their glasses on defeat um, Bill Belichick. Um, Primetime Kirk Cousins. Um, here, here. Yeah, like like Kirk Thuggins tackling. You know, yeah, tackling um, <laughs> all kinds of myths. Yeah, and you guys, it was fun. Good Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, you know, my in laws were in town and. Uh, of course we, uh, we have Maria with us this, this year. And, um, so it's always a full house and, um, we're always doing stuff. Like I would not Kirk, I'm, I would not have chosen to go to our parade of lights. Um, no, your kids loved it, right? They loved it. Um, and because like, Oh, we got to take there were lots of lights. <laughs> so many lights. <laughs> um, and do, do you know what the thing is, what they do, uh, it's interesting, like every single hot air balloon is in that parade, but not <laughs> as a balloon. Like, like you'll have just like a regular deflated. float. No, they, they, like the they fire off like the, like the, oh, like the flame thing. Okay. Like the, the thing that heats the air. Right, right. Um, And it, it's both a spectacle in the night sky, but also it like, it provides heat as you're, you know, sitting there. <laughs> 
for an hour and a half outside watching a parade in December or November. Um, but Kirk, it, it it was insane. Kirk, it's estimated that 54,000 people converged on downtown for that parade. I We arrived a half an hour ahead of time. I had to drop them off, and I drove over around for 25 minutes looking for a parking spot. Um, like, all the spots that I have filed away in my head of, like, ooh, here, here, here. First of all, like, there were a lot of unnecessary street closures um, that kind of made it harder to, to find, to, like, get from spot to spot to spot. Um, but, like, concentric circles on just, like, street parking in neighborhoods, like, eight blocks away, um, those were already full. And so um, I don't even want to say where, where I ended up parking. Was, <laughs> let's just say it was a spot um, half a block from the parade. Um, that's, <laughs> so I circled like half a mile out and came back just being like, there's got to be something closer. It was the sidewalk. It was not the sidewalk, but it was a spot that said like no parking violators will be towed um, because it was it was a parking garage for um, for for downtown like condos that um was like residents only but the gate was up um so and like judging by the people leaving with us um we weren't the only ones who violated that um that uh rule of of residents only so the gate's up it's available i guess um so we did that on friday um we just had and of course my my son's birthday was on monday um so like we spent days celebrating um we did um, they got to go to a trampoline place um, called Air Madness uh, with um, with friends, and uh, we did an escape room on Sunday. Um, just thing after thing. We uh, and Isaac is usually not a board game guy. Who solved got... the escape room? Oh, we were the dream team. We solved with twenty oh. minutes to spare. Wow, wow! I have to say, like last year's failure uh, prepared us well <laughs> for this. Um, like you, you do actually get better at it. Um, the big thing for me, Kirk, was like ignoring the red herrings of not just oh. investing. Like, there's so many clues thrown in that that just lead down that that you could just become obsessed with. Like, wow, why can't I figure this out? Um, uh, and um, just like if you can't figure it out, like, so you're better able to recognize what was worthwhile and mm-hmm. what was diversion, and also just like the way that they're that they present clues and stuff. Like, I don't know solving it um like having done it once um made, made us better able i think to, to do that uh but kirk we got a, a new board game um i it, i highly recommend it isaac's okay. not a board game guy but uh he was super into it so as soon as i explain it you're gonna be like we have to get it okay the game's called telestrations uh and what it is is it's pictionary meets the telephone game Ooh. Ooh. So you have essentially this booklet um, of uh, uh, that's uh, an erasable marker and um, kind of little whiteboard book uh, pages. You get a word, you write down the word, you flip the page, and you draw whatever your thing is. Hamburger. Okay. Okay. And then you pass that picture to the person next to you. They guess <laughs> what you drew, and they write that on the next page. Oh my gosh. Then they hand that to the next person. That's amazing. And they draw it. Oh. Hand it to the next person. They write down their guess. And I don't remember. There's six different pages. I don't remember how many times that repeats, but then it comes back to you and to see uh, everybody's interpretation of the drawing and then them drawing it to to see like um, the evolution there. 
like abdomen aching laughter, like belly aching laughter. I can picture sure. this or being like and truly starts... hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was so much fun. Many, many laughs. So, uh, yeah, but just, uh, lots going on, Kirk. It's, it's, uh, it's a busy season. Yes, indeed. And, uh, Advent one, good service. Great service. Um, which it's always interesting. It being Thanksgiving weekend, is, is it going to be small? It's going to be big. Are people traveling or not? But yeah, uh, very, very good service. Uh, do you know what else, um, we did while well, my uh, in-laws were here. Tell me. We went for a hike. Oh, in the went wilderness. Out to, went out to the wilderness, hiked around. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of wilderness. Today's gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to, from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Kirk, I was at a library today uh, reading um, from Stanley Hauerwas's commentary on uh, Matthew. Um, and I was going to share a quote from that because I'm like, oh, I have the book at home. Well, I opened the book and um, this seems to be a different edition. So I'm missing the intro to what I was going to say. He had this beautiful paragraph on just kind of the 
um, the movement from Old Testament to New, um, uh, the kind of the introduction of of you know what's going on here, um, and like the mystery of the incarnation of and John the Baptist being the forerunner. So, also, I mean, let's just establish a low bar for this episode, Kirk. Um, you actually are 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 under the weather. You called off sick, uh, called in sick to work. Yes. Um, because you're you came up with something yesterday. Yesterday, I I wasn't as bad as you, but like, I was just like, why am I so tired? Like, I hmm. I cannot wake up, and I'm kind of feeling the same way today. So we've got two low energy guys, <laughs> kind of just doing their best. So let's set a low bar, and maybe with that in mind, people will uh, I'm, enjoy I'm the episode. I'm up a on more. ibuprofen. I'm temporarily. <laughs> um ache and fever free so caffeine and ibuprofen are beautiful are amazing things they can get you up for a couple hours yeah um but yeah kirk this you know we're at the beginning of the year i advent one um is, is a great sunday that that really um emphasizes the uh apocalyptic and eschatological the ap- apocalypse of course just means like this unveiling um this revealing um uh of course you know revelation the book of Revelation is apocalyptic. Um, this revealing, this lifting, um, this uncovering of this thing uh, that is to come. Um, and, you know, the last day is the eschaton. And so we refer to things of last things, discussions of last things as eschatology. And that is is the huge emphasis on, on Advent, but also especially Advent 1, where we um, have Jesus um, in this uh, synoptic apocalypse um, talking about um uh coming coming again with the clouds <clears throat> and and of course we see the two things we see the the fall of the temple it, it, it kind of mixed together these things will happen in your lifetime jesus says um and then there are things that are going to happen at the end of time and um and so the middle two sundays kind of belong to john the baptist um these are john the baptist sundays and uh but as we kind of move into these interior Sundays, let's not think that John the Baptist is merely referring, um, you know, this coming kingdom that, that, that he's, that he's announcing, um, or that I guess he's preparing the way for, um, let's not make, let's not make the Advent focus turn merely to preparation, um, for Christmas. Like it, it still has like these eschatological, um, kind of flavors to it um especially with this both both and right i mean that's that's part of the beauty of it is um uh the the weaving together of those things coming once and coming again or the threefold coming but keep going right yeah the threefold coming um yeah uh you know the threefold coming being um the incarnation um ta- and then talking about the uh, his second coming but then um in, in our hearts like that mm, jesus amen. comes to 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 dwell with us um in our hearts and, and that's i mean i was having a conversation with somebody yesterday it was it was one of those things where god plopped someone in my lap metaphorically um <laughs> metaphorically being a very important word there yeah uh, especially when I tell you like where it happened, like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we were in, in the sauna. Um, so <clears throat> very metaphorically where we're going to do a little sidebar here, Kirk, a little, a little aside. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds fun. Um, I've talked to you many times about how, how, um, we are great commission people as Christians that are lives. Um, 
our lives are lives of of outreach. And that that's not like a switch that we flip on and off. Um, it's not like we go um, preach on the corner and then um, just live exemplary lives. Um, we don't say, oh, well, Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. Therefore, I'm going to recycle. Um, you know, I'm going to donate blood and hope that people notice that um, anytime we have a spiritual conversation with somebody, um, we are continuing a conversation that God has already started with them. And um, this sometimes is really unexpected. Um, and so to kind of hold myself accountable, when I go in the sauna, I've been like, I'm not bringing my headphones in with me. Kirk, I am addicted to productivity. So like if I'm like exercising, um, usually it's like, oh, I got to be listening to a book on tape or a podcast. I got to be like feeding my brain. Um, if I'm, and then like when I'm in the sauna, like I'm going to be listening to something as opposed to like, wait a second, like what if God has someone waiting for a conversation with me, right. um, which you, you may have a dry spell. Um, but then like, there may be somebody who's in a bad place who needs and also a spiritual stillness conversation. is an important precondition for prayer as well. Right? Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, if, if I'm in here alone, like I should just pray. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and just interesting, since I've done that, uh, conversations have um, sprouted up, really interesting ones um, uh, that I just can't, like, that that, that are, like, God-ordained. Mm. And so yesterday, I, I go in there, I, it's been a busy season, I haven't, um, it's just been really busy. And so, and I wasn't feeling well, I'm like, I don't have time to work out, but you know what? Uh, I'm not feeling well. Maybe I can just go sweat. I'm going to sweat the bad <laughs> stuff out. So I went in there and I'm like, I'm only going to be in here 15 minutes. I'm going to go in with my headphones in and leave. Um, and I'm going there with my headphones in. I'm in there for five minutes. And suddenly this guy next to me is like, get trying to get my attention. I've got my uh, noise canceling headphones in. I can't hear him. So, and he's like, hey. Um, and I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. He's like, you know, I, you know, we talked uh, recently and uh, you're, you're a pastor, right? And I'm like, I, sh sure. <laughs> I didn't say sure, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I, I don't remember you. I, and I don't know if I talked to him or if maybe he was present when I was talking to somebody else. Mm. Um, and, and there were maybe five guys in there. And, um, you know, he's at a place where um, he was raised a certain way. Um walked away from the church uh, and it's just like chewing on stuff. Like, um, uh, and I was there, I was, I was present to kind of explain to him kind of the, um, he's just asking a ton of questions and he was kind of coming from a very maybe fundamentalist background. Um, he, a lot of people who walking away from that come to a place where they're like, okay, well there's faith and there's reason and they're kind of opposites. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't see it that way that, that, that there's well there's rationality and then there's faith um and i apologize for this long aside but i'm getting to my point here um kirk i th i think that my faith is is rational and yet there is something to um that last little bit of taking all the stuff in the bible and walking in faith saying i believe so we, you know, we we have the creed, but it, but then we stand up and we recite it and believe it. 
there mm-hmm. there is something to walking in faith and that's where like we have all the knowledge in the world um where but like so jesus came he will come and in between like he um he needs to and i don't want to say like you need to ask jesus into your heart because that's nowhere in the bible but like he does enter our heart that we Mm -hmm. like walk in that and that's um that that's the whole point of that story is is um bring up this like faith and reason thing and and like what it means for jesus to come in our hearts and that's what we're seeing here in um the the gospel of matthew that it is not merely (laughs) being jewish that is sufficient or as he says sons of abraham right um you know god can make his own sons of abraham um, that, that what he is doing, um, uh, in his ministry, John the Baptist, um, is he is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like it's here that the Christ came announcing his, his kingdom. Um, and yes, we're in this advent, like waiting, longing for the second coming so that the kingdom will be fully consummated and every tear wiped away. And we'll get to that when we discuss, um, our, when we get to our, um, theology segment. Because I, I have some things to say about that. Mm. Um, so he's he's saying repent, and then he's baptizing them in a baptism of of repentance, um, which is saying, um, you know, and he's saying bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Of like this is like a changed heart that is not um, just sorry for the consequences of sin, which is wrapped up in this whole like like john in some ways is recapitulating israel like he is in the wilderness of judea just as israel was in the wilderness um uh both in uh between egypt and the promised land but also they were um b- because of their disobedience they were sent out um to babylon in, in, in essence you know th- that um that that uh was a a time in the wilderness like the wilderness represents kind of um disobedience um but but they're confessing their sins we see in verse six um they're being baptized with the baptism of repentance uh which is not just saying we are um sorry that that these consequences for sin have come but also like sorry that we sinned and that's that's just a huge difference of like walking in faith um that that uh, we Christians are not people who are are sin free but when we sin we confess our sins knowing that we have um Jesus Christ who is the propitiation for our sins um and uh that that uh that he forgives our sins so Christopher you uh you mentioned um the twofold um the through well, the threefold uh coming of Jesus that that is kind of a theme of advent um, his coming once, um, his coming in our hearts, and his 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 coming again. Um, I, all all three of those are here, right? So mm, yeah, uh, John John is preparing those present, mm-hmm. um, and on a superficial level, um, sort of a historical level, this is an entertaining passage, right? So you have oh, yeah. the people of the capital, right, mm. <laughs> right, the people of Panem or you know whatever, right, right, um, Paris, you know, and they're like. So, uh, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> you hear this weird guy, like that's kind of interesting. Who's got who's got this cult in the? Let's go and see him. Like uh, my friend saw him last week, and like he like kind of made him rethink some stuff, man. Mm. Right. So you've got a social phenomenon, right? And this social phenomenon, Saint John the Baptist. Um, I love I love these um, 
these images, these little tidbits that St. Matthew leaves for us, right? They're fun, right? A garment of camel's hair. Yes. So I remember um, at uh, at um, a museum, the Carnegie Museum in Pittsburgh, they've got a bunch of, what's the proper word, pelts um, of different different animals. And uh, it's, it's, it's surprising which animals are soft, have, have soft fur, right? Like, like otters are very soft and, and, and like usually, usually aquatic mammals, I think are very soft. Right. Um, and then it's interesting, uh, which, which animals are, are like very coarse and unpleasant and camel's hair is very unpleasant. So I, I think kind of maybe the point that's being made here, and you could correct me is like, this isn't a weird and unpleasant garment that he's wearing, right? The camel's hair. And locusts and wild honey. I love that, like, um, we have first century, like, uh, an organic fad or something, right? Like, high protein and um, only natural sugars. That's just a fun and weird. Well, these would these would have <laughs> been ritually pure foods uh, that he's allowed to eat, and um, and these these would have been what was available in the wilderness. Right, right. So you've got this this kind of weird phenomenon, and these people are coming out here, and he's preparing them. For, for Jesus, right? Repent. So you are in a posture, um, your, your heart is in a posture of preparation so that when you hear Jesus' teaching, um, you will have ears to hear. And and we read later and elsewhere when um, when John the Baptist meets Jesus, it's it's kind of clear, ah yes, this is what I this is the reason why I've been doing, right? Um, what does he say in St. John's Gospel? I must decrease so that you may increase. All right. So he kind of it, it, it kind of completes his vision of what he's doing. He's like, this, you, uh, you are the point of me. Um, but there's also something for us here, right? Apocalyptic. Um, and I think you see that in verse uh, verse 10, even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I read several years ago a sermon by a church father. I no longer remember if it was like, St. John, Chrysostom, or Augustine. Um, but he was he really fixated on that verse in this passage. And the point was this, that may seem for for the church fathers, that would have seemed, you know, like it was 300, 400 years ago. For us now, that may seem like it's 2,000 years ago. Um, but the tree doesn't fall um, at the first axe stroke. But the tree will fall once the axe has struck the tree. Like it's a matter of time, right? And so all this that we look around us that seems very permanent um, is very temporary because the ax has already been laid to the root of this tree that we see in our daily lives. And so there's an imminent um, sense to this passage. It is immediate, right? The, the ax is there. This is toppling. Uh, we don't know when, but it's toppling. And um, I love that. And that is a, that is a, a, um, a bracing like a like a like a cold shower that's both um both a little hard for you to take but also exhilarating. This is a bracing theme of Advent, right? Oh the, yes. The, this tree yeah. will be toppling. This permanent world that we see around us is uh is 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 very temporary, and um and so prepare your hearts for what is to come for what is much better, right? Because what is to come is a is a baptism of fire of the Holy Spirit and fire, right? Um, where we will be with Him. Um, the chaff will be burned away, and what is left will be um, 
will will be um, pure gold. And now I'm mixing metaphor and hmm. metaphors and prophecies and Bible passages, right? But I'm I'm excited about this, and and I'm conflating a bunch of Advent passages. But isn't that an interesting metaphor? Um, mm-hmm. the axe has already been laid to this tree, right? <laughs> um, Satan has been defeated. This present world will topple down. Um, and so we should live in that reality, right? We're not in the branches of a sturdy tree. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is such a rich uh, passage. There's a, there's a lot that we could say, um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to to move on to our theology segment. Do you have anything else you want to add here? No, 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 no. Cause, cause basically what's happening right now is we're, we're itching to use yes. uh, this passage as an excuse to talk about Yes. One of our favorite things, which is Advent. Shall we talk about Advent? Let's. Our theology segment today is the season of Advent. Christopher, Advent is my favorite season. Um, in uh, um, the 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 cornier pockets of the church, um, this is called like the uh, what like like our New Year's right. Um, um, but it is right. This is uh, the beginning of our church year. Begins uh, the first Sunday of Advent. And uh, that was last Sunday. What would, would, would that have been? November twenty seventh, twenty sixth. Doesn't matter. Twenty seventh. Yeah. Twenty seventh. Um, Advent. Uh, we get that word from uh, the Latin "adventus," which just means coming or arrival, right? And so, you know, um, if during the season that's just, especially if you have children, or if you don't, it's just way too busy and stressful. Um, the point of this all is. The arrival. He is coming. He came and he will come again. Um, so Christopher, you and I actually hadn't talked a whole lot about um kind of where we wanted to go. I had sketched some things. Where do you want to start when we talk about Advent? I'm glad you asked, Kirk. Um <laughs> so you know, when people ask, you know, what what do Anglicans believe? Um, what what do you say, Kirk? What's your response? What do Anglicans believe? Yeah, what do you believe? Um, we believe the Catholic and Apostolic faith, as received by the apostles, and affirmed by the reformers. Yeah, and as articulated in the Old and New Testaments of, of there the Bible. You go. And um, you know, uh, a, a big part of uh, you know, I've mentioned this this Latin phrase a million times, lex orandi, lex credendi, um, which. Uh, like there's two aspects of that. One is that like our worship forms what we believe. Um, but also like our theology is our worship. So what do we believe? Um, it's it's in the Bible and it's in our worship. So I think the best place to start is with our worship. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's accurate. So, um, the seasonal greeting. Yeah, you want to um, know who we are? Come and worship with us. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so the seasonal greeting. Um, so during ordinary time, uh, the acclamation is, blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Um, and um, there a are- fitting beginning to a service. Fitting beginning. Um, during Lent, it's, bless the Lord who forgives all our sins, his mercy endures forever, during Easter, it is, is it just Alleluia, Christ is risen? He is risen indeed. Is that? Uh, I don't have the prayer book in front of me. Yeah. So like different yeah. seasons it's have probably, different greetings. It's probably like 37 Alleluia's built into it because <laughs> that's what we do in Easter. Um, but the seasonal greeting in Advent is um, the, the celebrant says, surely the Lord is coming soon. And the people respond just hungrily. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Like, like this is something that we yearn for. It's not yeah. just like declaring Christ will come again. It is like we are awaiting, expecting. We are excited. Um, come, Lord Jesus. Um, and so, like, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Like, um, you know, this, 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 this idea of oh, come, oh, come, oh, come quickly, oh, come quickly. Like, um, when we sang uh, "Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending," I made mm. sure we sang Wesley's original lyrics last week. Um, instead of uh, newer hymnals in the last verse saying "Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia," everlasting God come down. I think. Right. Um, yep. It's oh, come quickly, oh, come, mm -hmm. oh, come quickly. Um, and then is it everlasting God come down? Uh, anyway, be. it's 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 this like praying God come back soon. Um, and I also love the uh, and I guess we should continue just sequentially through the service. Um, because this this is a, a big theme. We <laughs> earnestly seek um the return, but Kirk, we can only earnestly seek it um if we are those whose um who have been washed in the blood of the lamb. Yes. It will only be a, a good thing for those who have been redeemed by the Lord. Right. And, and so there, there's a, a very, um, I'm nodding as if the listener can hear. Yes. <laughs> it will only be good for those who have been redeemed because he's by coming the Lord. with justice. Right. And so for those of us who yearn for, or justice, as we read in revelation one with a sword in his mouth, yes. <laughs> pirate yeah. Jesus. And so for the unrighteous Kirk, that's not a that's not a thing that they look forward to because he's coming with justice. Um, and so even those of us who have had our um robes washed in the blood of the lamb, um our our service opens with um the decalogue with the ten commandments. And we respond as we hear them. We say, Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to mm. keep this law. And then the um confession is typically moved up to the beginning of the service um, where usually it, it follows um, the sermon, the creed and the prayers of the people. Um, it's moved up to the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So then the, um, the effect that that has on our body as worshipers is we spend the first um, what five to 10 minutes of the service on our knees, Yeah. right? Through the 10 commandments and the confession, the Kyrie and the confession, right? Yeah. And that posture kind of like tells us, tells our body, tells our heart what posture it should have before God. Yeah. When Christ comes again, like, um, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. 
that Jesus Christ and is like Lord. now is the time to get serious about your sin. Um, and um, the last thing I'll read, Kirk, is is the proper preface. So, um, at you know the 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 service of the table begins with um, the Sursum Corda, um, Lord be with you, and also with uh, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. So Sursum Corda, Corda's hearts. Um, we lift them up to the Lord. Um, it is right to give him thanks and praise. Uh, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to quickly get through something that I shouldn't be trying to quickly <laughs> get through. But I'm trying to establish it is meeting like, right in our bounden duty, always and everywhere. To... It is like before <laughs> the prayer of consecration, but after the certain quarter, we have um the proper preface, which um uh, there's there's one for just the Lord's Day, but then special occasions or seasons have their own proper preface. And here is Advents. I love it. I it love sums it. up the season, Kirk. Yes. Because you sent your beloved son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great glory to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Mm. That's that's the season in itself. We can only look forward to his appearing uh, we can only uh, look forward to that without shame or fear because Christ has redeemed us from sin and death and made us heirs of him of everlasting life. And so like this expectation, it's 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 these twin things of like um repentance and expectation like that that like we can only um you know be excited about um his return if we are repentant. And um, it just it just sends us to repentance. It sends us to our knees. Um, and when as we are sent to our knees, we can we can without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Hmm. So that's what yeah. that's where I want to start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good place to start. And I think that it dovetails with one of the things that I think principally love about Advent is. Um, it recenters our focus, right? Once a year, every year, recenters our focus on um, on what is to come, and and uh, the the priority of the kingdom to come over the kingdoms of this world. Um, I think Christians are constantly wrestling with this tension, um, right? Of uh, what was it? Reinhold Niebuhr talked about how to properly balance Christ and culture. Um how to engage with culture without ignoring it or without being subsumed by it, um, how to be salt and light without being too much affected by the culture. I think probably our pendulum swing right now, um, especially given the political events in kind of the American church, uh, both left and right since 2016, is we are, we are too uh, engaged. Um, we are too imminent. Um, we attach too much permanence and importance mm. to um, uh, current events, to the princes of this world. Um, we think uh, every, every election is like is the next Cyrus, like either the next like, Cyrus or boy, the next if we Antichrist. Don't, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. If 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 we don't win this, we're one one election away from you know yeah. just the end. And as we as as we will read on Sunday in in Matthew three, as you just read, like. It's all going to be cleared from the threshing floor. It's all chaff. It's all chaff. 
right? He will come with a winnowing fork in his hand and the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Like this will all burn away. So I think most, most, most American Christians probably in kind of like, a, like a, like a middle-class context um, are, are, are probably too, too present centered. We are, we just are right. Um, and, 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 I, Advent is a great time to advocate for the monkhood of all believers. It is time for us to devote ourselves far more to prayer and repentance and, and looking to the skies, um, than, 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 than political agitation and attaching our hopes to princes of this world. Can, can um, Advent is a proper sense. So, uh, yes, in about 13.7 seconds. So I think Advent is a great chance for us to recalibrate our perspective right? Our eternal, like, like Gabe, fix our eyes on the eternal horizon. People look east, right? For he is coming in the clouds. And that is our hope. That is our hope. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and I'm not saying that you presented a false dichotomy, but, um, oh, I'm all about either ors. Choose one or the other. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Like, like, uh, you kind of were like, uh, we're either invested too much in kind of like the the moral panic of today, right. um, and boy, yeah, I, there are times I look out there and um, I'm discouraged. Um, Christopher, how like, many times have you heard? How many times have you heard smart people um, actually? You, all right, uh, here, can you? I, I've got a headphone issue. All right, yeah, can you hear me? Oh, Kirk, so so often right. I've heard smart people I'm, like obsess over stupid things. Like, no, well, no, smart people actually say. Um, if I were to do it over again, I don't know if I would, I would have, have children. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right. Um, and that's when, you know, like, um, uh, something is broken in, in whatever kind of news aggregating mechanism, like too way sure. too many Western. Uh, it's, no, it's not the news. Like, you know, we're seeing some of the same things, like some of the same discouraging things out there. Um, however, <laughs> Um, like God calls us. So God, here, here's where, like, I don't want to set up a false dichotomy where it's like, either we're obsessed with the thing of the moment and throw up our hands and run around like our hair's on fire. Or we, um, say the world that it'd be a false dichotomy to say you're either that or you're, um, just like, no, this is all being wiped away. And our, our hope is in heaven. Like, um, at the expense of this world where um, this is a season of prayer, um, not just for Christ's second coming, but Kirk, uh, when we pray, we, pr God calls us to love our neighbor, um, you know, and, and to um, seek the welfare of our city. Um, and although that, that quote comes from Jeremiah, where he's speaking specifically to Israel in um, Babylon. Um, like, I, I think that's a general theme in scripture of like, uh, no, we pray like, we pray for the authorities right. of this world. We like so instead of running around throwing up our hands and saying, "We build, boy, we build hospitals bad. and homeless shelters, yes, and women's shelters." Absolutely, absolutely. But also, yes, yes, we are active. But an important part of that activity in the world is through prayer. Right. And I know that's been me, but the drum I've been beating for the last several months. Um, but but prayer is not at the expense of care for this world. Right. But yes, we need to uh, acknowledge that, like, yes, all of this is is um is transient uh, and we have um we're being prepared uh for boy i am 
grasping for St. Paul's words in second Corinthians, um, and not getting, and they're not coming to my brain, um, uh, for an eternal weight of glory. Um, you know, these things are, are, are temporary and will all pass away. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess, so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is it's a matter of calibration, right? Um, we not sacrificing neighbor love, um, not sacrificing acts of service, um, but but our perspective is renewed and 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 properly calibrated um, as we are exhorted every day throughout Advent, um, every Sunday through these lessons, through the hymns we sing, the psalms we recite, um, that we are looking to the skies, um, that our horizon is eternity, uh, not the next election, um, not social trends. Um, not what happens at our local libraries or school boards. Right. Um, but, but our horizon is eternal. So yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So let me just read St. Paul's words in second Corinthians uh, chapter four, verses 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart though. Our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Yes. Amen. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Um, Christopher, you and I have talked about this before. I'd love to bring this up. Um, contrast. Uh, sort of the um, the low-res anodyne um re resetting of advent that 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 that, that kind of happened i don't know i don't know who sanctioned this right so let me let, the advent wreath so lovely right four candles um what, what are they uh four i'm colorblind this is gonna be great two colorblind uh, people well, talking about three purple the, and one pink Three purple and one pink, and then and then you have the, uh, the the white in the middle, and and by the way, if you want to do this properly, which which as a as a as a snobbish uh, like high church Anglican, like the your uh, <laughs> your pink candle is the third week, not the fourth week, because it's Gaudete Sunday. So well, it should be you... that way anyway. I thought you were going to say that that maybe it's blue candles instead. Right. Of well, that we could get a whole nother level and, and do that, but. Um, so a lot of times, Christopher, with kind of Christian bookstore style uh, Advent literature, you'll see the four themes being hope, joy, love, peace. Those are good things, Christopher. Mm -hmm. They're great things. Those are not themes of Advent. <laughs> so the four weeks used to be, um, well, I, hope is, right? Hope is a theme of Advent. Hope is definitely a theme of Advent. Oh, yeah. And and St. Paul and so is it. so is joy with right. we can connect that with Gaudete Gaudet right rejoice yep boy my brain like I said low bar today guys um rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice that's the theme of the third yes. week yes so but the four themes of Advent are death judgment heaven and hell <laughs> so again uh let's remember things that we don't the, like to talk about these days right like it, the cosmic not, yeah cosmic eternal focus um and and it's okay to like. Um, talk about the uncomfortable uh, themes that that come up in these lessons, right? Um, it was just pointed out to me recently 
Uh, no one, no character in the Bible talks more about hell than Jesus. Right, right, <laughs> right. And um, and uh, no, no book of the Bible talks more about forgiveness and mercy than Deuteronomy. So, like mm. the uh, kind of this, the sense we have that like, like hell and judgment are an Old Testament concept. That's not true. And that like, but then Jesus brings like mercy and forgiveness. Like, yes, but let's let's remember he he's he has a lot lot to say about hell and judgment too. Yes. Um, so again, I love that these these cosmic themes, and I would I would encourage us all to um keep these themes in mind as well. Death, right? You will die. <laughs> um, uh, Christian honesty is making your peace with that, right? Preparing for a good Christian death to fall with your last last breath into the arms of your Savior, right? Um, judgment, right? Um, with a good conscience, being absolved of all your sins. Um, anticipating with eagerness that final day, right? The day, the day of doom. Um, and then, and then hell, right? Um, we, uh, we are sinful creatures. And so we beg God's mercy um, that we be spared from our, our just and fitting end, um, were it not for his redemption and his atoning work on the cross. Um, and so, yeah, peace is great. Yeah. Joy is great. Yeah. Love is great. <laughs> but Advent has uh, some, some, more bracing themes for us so that when Christmas arrives, um, uh, we can, we can really sing with, with joy, not exhausted of like four previous weeks of like having Christmas joy since Thanksgiving. Um, Christopher, did you have any other things you wanted to say about kind of themes of Advent? Cause I, I want to kind of pivot then into ways of observing Advent that, that aren't just kind of pre-Christmas or Christmas creep. Right. I, maybe just, just emphasize that, that um, it's a distinct season um, that it's, it's not the season of Christmas. It's a distinct season. It's not pre-Christmas, uh, but, but in fact, something distinct um, with its own kind of themes. Uh, yeah. But again, like you can't so separate it out um, uh, because like, like I said, John the Baptist, like this is like his messages is, is one with the incarnation. So like, right. It's, it's yeah. So, but it's, it's the themes are certainly distinct of it's like less God with us and, and more like uh, the things that we've been talking about. Um, something just came to me minutes. before yeah. we talk about Advent practices. I just want to say something about, um, we talked about themes. I'm talking about the characters. Um, John the Baptist, of course, we're talking about him. Mary, mm -hmm. Elizabeth. It's funny that we're we're in Matthew this year. Um, last year we were in your C, we were in Luke. Um, Luke, the first two chapters, um, it's almost like from Mary's perspective, which lead, which kind of I don't know if I shared here my pet yep. theory that like Saint Luke definitely interviewed Mary in Ephesus. Like otherwise, how would he know like little details like? What she sang. She pondered these things she, in her heart. Yeah, and she pondered these things in her heart, right? So like we have, um, and usually the fourth Sunday is kind of a pivot to a focus on on Mary. Um, uh, Mary's meeting with Elizabeth obviously is great when she goes to the hill country. Zechariah, right? The birth of John the Baptist is like weird and interesting, right? Zechariah, his father goes mute after having an angel appear to him in the temple. Um, so so these characters are fun and it's fun to, fun to sit with these characters um, we get to Jesus soon enough, but for these weeks, it's, it's fun as well to sit with these characters too. Um, all right. Practices, Advent practices. I have a bunch of thoughts. Where do you want to start? Um, I, I like your, so 
on on our notes you have calendar calendar wreath music um i like starting with the calendar because um i i think these can be uh, Kirk, I think it's interesting that uh, calendars have pro proliferated as a consumer product um, yeah. that do little There are to... Lego calendars. There are frozen calendars. There are beer calendars. There are cheese and, calendars. There are kitty and, calendars. And I'm kind of down on them, Kirk, because <laughs> they do little to kind of build that like spiritual anticipation and hope and expectation and waiting. Um, do you guys do them? Calendars? No. No. No? Okay. No. Um where uh, one of the things that we do for uh, people at our church, we're more about the Advent wreath. Um, uh. And we have like kind of liturgies that we provide um, for parents at home as they light candles. So it's less consumeristic. It's less like, oh, I got a new Lego minifigure. Right. <laughs> um, which has very little to do with Jesus. And in fact, like, it's like, no, you get the thing now. Like it's like, it's less like um, waiting and it's more like, oh, each day you get something um, right. like that's not waiting. And um, I don't know. I was just reading Fleming Rutledge has a really good book on Advent. that's just filled mm. with her sermons on, on uh, Advent texts. And uh, she talks about an Advent calendars. Like, isn't it interesting that she's like, the, John the Baptist is a central figure in these middle weeks. And like, have you ever seen an Advent calendar that had him? Like, you know, you, you got like the, you open the little thing and like, there's John the Baptist, like this freaky prophet with like, <laughs> you know, eating wild honey. Like, um, right. and yet he's the central figure. And and it's, it's just, there's an incongruity for me. But so tell me why I'm wrong. Why, no, tell I, me why Advent you, calendars are good. You're not wrong. I, I, I hear everything you're saying. I think, um, this is not a Christian practice, but I think Advent calendars in our family's life has sort of been like classical conditioning. So, <laughs> um, yeah, or, or it's like a, it's like the um, like the meat that you put a, your dog's pill in. So, like we sure. read a verse and we sing. Um, this is how my children have learned all the O antiphons, which we can talk about in a moment. And mm. um, we sing a verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and. Uh, and 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 then like three days later we had a second verse and then three days after that we had a third verse, so so well they're like they get their little they get their little piece of chocolate right, um, and and then and then we read we read a passage, um, we 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 sing, um, and then by the end of Advent we're like singing all all eight verses, will come will come Emmanuel, and uh, and 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 we're praying the colics. Uh, so maybe it, it's just a spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down, but it gets them to anticipate, it gets them excited about, and it gets them ready to anticipate when we have, um, uh, some scripture, some, some worship sure. and yeah, if you have scripture to worship, they're awesome. If it's just like, oh, today is the day I get to open this, Today's this day thing. 13. More chocolate. Yeah, so I get to, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm down on. Yes. Um, yeah, but if it's if it's tied to something um, bigger and, and and prayerful, all I'm all for it. Yeah, um, the we we're gonna we're about to read it here at the at the end when we wrap up the collect for the second Sunday of Advent. Uh, Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. Um, an 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 intense and renewed um life of reading scripture during advent is certainly a way to kind of reconnect um spiritually as well um an easy way to do that um is to when you can uh pray the daily office pray morning prayer and evening prayer um there's a great 
great app on iPhone called Daily Prayer that basically has uh, has has it all ready for you if you don't have a Book of Common Prayer. It's actually called Daily Office. It's called Daily Office. It's it's, it's great. Um, and and the great thing about morning and evening prayer is it's just soaked and bathed in Scripture. You just read so much of it. So so a return to Scripture, of course, is great. Um, read these lessons in advance. These these great mm. these great lessons. I mean, Christopher, we just we read the the gospel but these mm, old right, testament lessons right. are are just rich in these in these coming sundays right um we get we get stuff from isaiah of course i mean this this year i mean every every year it's soaked in isaiah right this coming sunday from isaiah 11 there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of jesse a branch from his root shall bear fruit the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him and this is rich right the lion shall lie, lie down with the lamb i'm mixing it up right but um, so yeah, read read these lessons in advance and read them prayerfully and kind of let them sit with you. I would say that. Um, any, anything else you want to talk about before I pivot to music? Because I want to, I want to, I want to bang on about music. I want to bang my drum, pound my spoon on my high chair about Advent music. Go for it. All right. So Christopher, you know, and some of my friends and relatives may know that <laughs> I am I am a a a a, a Christmas an Advent Pharisee in my house. As much as possible, I enforce uh, no Christmas music basically until the, the, the last several days before Christmas. And I think a lot of Christians have been poorly served by their churches. They wouldn't even, if there was even a desire to demarcate and separate and say, okay, all right, I want, um, I want, I want to have a Holy Advent and then let Christmas be Christmas when Christmas comes. I think a lot of people wouldn't even know kind of what to, what music to play as they're sitting mm. in front of the, you know, the tree at night, mm. um, kind of getting ready for bed. Um, and there's this whole world of Advent church music and, and, and so much of our church has kind of abandoned that. I was telling you, Christopher, um, one of the things that COVID has done to churches, it's done so much awful, right? Attendance, I think everywhere is 30 to 40% down. Uh, many churches will close in the next several years because their people are gone, their money's money is gone. It's been awful, but but a small side benefit has been churches and especially cathedrals that are able to have invested heavily in video and audio technology. So whereas previously, like a like a big church with a good music program would once a decade put out a Christmas CD or an Advent mm. CD or an Easter CD. Literally every service now is on their YouTube channel in high quality sound with multiple camera angles. And why am I saying this? Throughout the world, um, high quality music programs uh, in Anglicanism, just uh, Advent One is a banger. And you want to, I can, we can share, I'll, I will share you half a dozen links in the show notes. I will, I will retweet it. Um, I'll put it on Facebook. This is good. It'll force me to uh, to resurrect our dormant, our, our, our dormant, sadly dormant accounts. Um, uh, Canterbury Cathedral, Winchester Cathedral, York Minster, uh, all these uh, all these places had what are called Advent procession services. Christopher, which I believe in the '90s, I was I was reading a bit on Reddit about this. Um, Salisbury started this, I guess, in the '90s. That's awesome. Where... So there's an Anglican Reddit, huh? I guess I just think of Reddit as like the dark place of the web. But I guess, I guess, it's like, a great like... place for nerds. A great place okay. for nerds. All I mean, sorts of nerds. It's just there are dozens okay. of us. Dozens, I tell you. <laughs> and uh, 
And uh, th so Advent processions, because uh, just a great theme, and it's part of being in the Northern Hemisphere, right, is darkness and light. So um, if you're at upper latitudes, you know, um, it's it's dark by 5 p.m., right? It's dark by 5.36. And um, these services begin in darkness. And then you hear, you hear just a few voices, right, in the back. And slowly you hear readings um, of creation, <clears throat> fall, prophecy of his coming, and slowly lights get lit. Uh, the, the choir begins to move up through and around the church. Um, and, and, and you get to hear some of the, the Advent crackers that we all love. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Vaket auf. Vaket auf. Sleepers wake. A voice astounds us. Yeah. Um, so these services are all out there. Um, and I constantly have them playing. Um, and, and in, in English choral music, there's this whole, whole pocket of, um, uh, of great Advent anthems and carols. Paul Mann's Even So, Lord, Quickly Come um, is one that uh, has become popular. I know at my wife's college, Geneva College, um, they're a music director who goes to our church. It's the thing they, uh, they the Genevans end their service with. They, uh, their, their, um, their December chor chorus concert, um, they, all the choristers um, ring the church. They, 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 they surround the church in the aisles um, and they sing that and it's lovely. So Advent music exists, I tell you, it exists. Christopher, there are also the Bach, Bach's Advent cantatas. Mm, yes. every, yeah. every year he was commissioned um, for each week in Advent to write a new cantata um, on, these, on these different Advent passages. What you just said, Vakit Auf, um, that's the parable of the virgins. Um, uh, that uh, keeping oil that, that they're exhorted to keep oil in their lamps, so that when the when the when the groom comes, um, they're ready and and they're not they they have lights ready even though it's nighttime, right? Um, so that they're prepared. That being a metaphor for us, our hearts being prepared, right? Um, and so there are all these great Bach cantatas. So basically, I think what I'm promising to do, I'm going to write this down right now, is to uh, assault our poor listeners with links to a bunch of different. Ad Advent music. Kirk, can you can you do one better on that? Um, What's that? So, uh, one thing that I was unfamiliar with uh, until you shared the Advent Carol service from Trinity College Chapel. Oh yeah, um, was uh, Richard Marlowe's Advent Responsory. The Responsory. Oh, I love that. Which is is like uh, a. I shouldn't say fun sounds so trite, like a fun, like, but it's like based on the melody of, of Vak it Alf. Um, yes. and it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning. Um, could you put that like after this segment? Absolutely. We'll, we'll end with that. We'll end with that. Yeah. Yeah. That isn't that, isn't that wonderful though? Oh, it's, um, it's amazing. Advent. Yeah. The Advent prose, which is good too. Are you familiar with that? I, I do not know what you refer to. I don't mean to. I don't. I don't mean to to play gotcha. Um, the Advent Responsory. We should. We should kind of say what that is. I look from afar. Go ye out to meet him and say, high and low, rich and poor, one and another. Um, he, oh, hear, O thou Shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a sheep, stir up thy strength, O Lord, and come. Go out ye. Or go go ye out to meet him and say, tell us. Art thou he that should come to reign over thy people, Israel? Mm. Right? Like, I love it. What mm. should be our posture yeah. when we see our Lord coming? It should be, tell us, are you he that has come to reign over your people, Israel? Like yeah. in hope and expectation that it is he? Yeah, that's, that is, that's great. Um, 
and I'll include that. Yeah, the Advent prose is another thing that's often sung um, for for choirs that that are for for churches that have music programs that have choirs that are able to sing it. And it actually it can be sung in plain song. So it's it's easy. Christopher, you you probably heard this. Drop down ye heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Have you have you heard that? Be not wroth, very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. The holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation, our holy and our beautiful house where our fathers praised thee. So it's um, a penitential prayer um, that, that God would come and that the heavens would, would pour down righteousness again. So that's good too. Maybe, I, maybe I'll include that in here somewhere as well, um, the Advent prose. Uh, and then yeah, a word for I'm not familiar, yeah. Yeah, and then a word for Loey comes with clouds descending. I feel like two years ago we did like a whole show on that. Uh, <laughs> but it's probably. a reminder that like, like one for we, hours. We will get to I we will get to in four weeks. Um looking at the God man, the babe in the cradle, and and feeling the stillness and beauty o- over that tender moment. Um, but Advent is also like him coming in the clouds again. Lo, he comes with clouds descending, once for favored sinners slain, thousand, thousand saints attending, swell the triumph of his reign. Um, so so there's there's that cosmic as that, that cosmic music as well. And I think I think almost everyone, I think I Christopher, you shared with me a couple of years ago a clip from a local mega evangelical mega church in your area. Um, O come, O come Emmanuel, kind of set to like a, like a techno beat, <laughs> but like that that exists everywhere, right? That's beloved everywhere. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Uh, I, I don't. I have no memory of this, but I'll take your word for it. You did. I it must was, have been so horrified that I'm like, ah, oh, what is this? I I I, th- I think it was in fascination and mingled with horror. Um, <laughs> you're like, look at how well produced this is. Like, does would this make Jesus come alone? Like, like will this alone make Jesus come? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my sacrilege um uh, but yeah it's it's probably yeah i, I don't know like m- music Anyhow, moves us in, in interesting on. ways <laughs> um music moves us in interesting ways and so i don't know if it's if it's the the theme of like oh come oh come emmanuel or if it's just like the minor key like we don't have yeah. a lot of minor songs so maybe that's you know attractive to some i i don't know but it comes from the o antiphons um, which each mention a title of Christ, right? So, O come, O come, Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel meaning God with us, right? That's one of the O antiphons. Um, and then each verse is is devoted to a different name of God, right? O sapientia, O come thou wisdom from on high, who orderest all things mightily, right? O Adonai, O come thou Lord of might, right? Uh, o Rodix Jesse, O root of David, O come the um, rod of Jesse free. Yes. <laughs> us free from us from Satan's, Satan's me. <laughs> <laughs> right. O key of David, O day spring from on high, O Rex Gentium, king of the nations. Right. So, so this is a lovely reminder to say again the names of our Lord, our coming king, um, all the names through which he is revealed in scripture. And that's what O come, O come, Emmanuel versifies that. Um, in a in a singable and mem- and and mem- easily memorized memorizable way, so there's that as well. Yeah, have we have we exuded enough enthusiasm about Advent, Christopher? <laughs> Do you think we have exhorted 
our our our, our hearers to a holy observed Advent. Uh, let's hope so. Let's hope. So. <laughs> Shall we end in prayer? Let's. Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which your son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. Through him who reigns, lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Next week, Kirk. Next week. <laughs>